today we are on our second week of the seven series. Um, if you weren't here last week, that is okay, because in this series, um, they're all different week to week, so you're never going to miss anything, and we're going to give you a quick review of what it's all about. Um, so how many of you have ever heard of the seven deadly sins? Ooh, kind of spooky, right? Well, we're not really making this a spooky series. Um, we're really just focusing on two different paths in life, a path that leads us to a life with Christ and a path that helps us run away from that life, okay? Um, and to really figure out what those paths are, we're focusing on seven words, um, which are the seven deadly sins, and they are pride, envy, sloth, greed, lust, wrath, and gluttony. And I'm going to guess that most of you kind of have an understanding for what each of these words mean, or some, you at least can describe it if you had to. Um, and that's probably a good base point to start out with, um, and we are all doing this series off of a book called Seven, which is where we got the title, and the book really digs deeper, um, and it makes you realize that there is so much more to the meaning of these words than we could ever realize. Um, and so we are also, this is the path that leads us away from Christ, and there is a path that leads us to Christ. And that is the Beatitudes. Have any of you ever heard of the Beatitudes? Okay, so some of you. These are not, well, the seven deadly sins are not in the Bible. That is not something that is ever talked about. But each of those words, the actions are in the Bible, right? People act with all of those things all throughout the Bible. The Beatitudes are in the Bible. And I'm going to read those real quick so you can read along with me because it's kind of long. The first one, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And so each week, we're taking a seven deadly sin, and we're pairing it with a beatitude. And we're discovering which path we want to take and how we can take that path. And since this is the second week, we're going to be on the second deadly sin, which is envy. And we're also going to look at blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, which is the second beatitude. Uh, And when I heard that I was giving this message, I didn't really think much of it. Just another message, had to read my chapter and go through it. And as I was reading this chapter, I realized... Okay, envy might be something that I struggle with a little bit. Like I said, you have an idea of what these mean, but the more you read into it and the deeper you dig, the more you understand what it actually means. Um, and it was kind of like a, like a, a stab in the heart, like, man. Um, and the more that I thought about this as a seven deadly sin, I realized I'm sinning when I feel this way, you know? Johnny last week described these words as something we can fall into as tendencies, Right? It's kind of easy to envy someone else or to be a little prideful sometimes. And we just fall into that when really that's a sin, you guys. Um, And I think we can all agree that we've probably felt a little envious once or twice before in our lives, right? Feeling of envy is depleting. Um, It is the only sin of the seven deadly sins that offers you nothing but pain. Think about that. And I'm not justifying any other sin. I'm not saying that any is worse than the others because they're all sin. But... If you have greed, which means that you probably have a lot of things, right? So you're at least getting a lot of stuff with that sin. If you have gluttony, again, you're getting a lot of stuff. And with envy, all you're doing is internally destroying yourself in the process. Um, 
It causes pain to ourselves, pain to our friends and family, and pain to our creator when we tell him that something he did is not good enough. Have you guys ever heard the story of Cain and Abel? Yeah, who's Cain and Abel? They're brothers, and who are their parents? Adam and Eve, shout out. Adam and Eve had two kids, Cain and Abel, and they're brothers. And so Abel was this really great guy. Um, he had great titles. Everybody liked him. And Cain was like, man, I want to be just like my brother Abel. So instead of putting in the work and the investment and the time to become like Abel, Cain just did what would seem obvious and killed him. Not really obvious, right? No, you wouldn't think to kill someone if you want to be like them, but that's what he did. And he thought that by killing him, the titles would just pass on to him, right? That since Abel's not there anymore, he would need to take on his brother's title. And that's not what happened. And God realized what Cain did, and God banished him from their land. God said, you can leave. And so envy led to murder, and murder led to exile. In this book that I was reading, The Seven, it said a lot of envy does this. It says that envy suggests, envy rejects, envy leads, envy insists, it inspires, drives, resents, envy, envy, envy. It does all of this stuff, but it does nothing for us. It is controlling, and it does nothing but separate us from the life that we could potentially have with Christ. It suggests that the life that you have right now is worthless, right? When you're envying someone, you're wishing, man, I wish my life was different. Man, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I did this, you know? And when we try to escape the life that we have for something different, we're rejecting the life that Christ blessed us with, which is not what we should be doing. And we become something that he never intended us to be, good or bad. Um, And this obsession is not only a desire to have more, but sometimes we're envious because we're not really comfortable with who we are, right? Can we all agree with that? That sometimes we just wish things were a little different, we're a little uncomfortable, so we wish to be something else. And that's not how it works. Uh, there's this quote from The Velveteen Rabbit. Have you guys heard of that book? Velveteen Rabbit, it's a children's book. Um, I never read it when I was a kid, but I heard it's about this rabbit who like wants to be a person or something, or wants to just be alive. It's a stuffed rabbit. Um, and so I'm going to read this quote to you guys, and you should read along as well. It says, real isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. It doesn't happen all at once. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't often happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all. Because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to those who don't understand. I want you guys to let that last part sink in. Because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to those who don't understand. What do we usually envy when we envy others? We envy their looks, we envy their clothes, their money, their jobs, boyfriend or girlfriend, their muscle mass, I don't know. We envy all these different things. We envy their talents, right? We want so much to be something else. Um, And when I read this quote, this little excerpt, I knew that there was something in there. But the first statement made me really nervous to read to you guys. When it says, real isn't how you are made, it's a thing that happens to you. When I read that, I was like, what? If we're not made real, then what are we, right? If God didn't make us real, then what are we? Um, 
And then, so last week I was driving to school, and every morning on my way to school, I listen to Hillsong United, which that last song that Jackson sang is by Hillsong, because I figure, start your day off right, and the best way to start your day off is with some good Jesus music, right? Amen. Yep. Um, you going to get an amen? Amen. <laughs> um, so in this song that we sang today called From the Inside Out, it was the second song. And it says, my purpose remains the art of losing myself and bringing you praise. And that's what I realized that this first sentence was about. You see, God created us with a choice. He wanted us to choose him. He gives us the option of choosing the path of the seven deadly sins, if that's what we want. Or he gives us the path of choosing a life with him. When it says, my purpose remains the art of losing myself and bringing you praise. God wants us to be so passionate in our love with him that we lose everything that we thought we ever would be or everything we wanted to be to be everything that he created us to be and when we realize this that's when envy steps in right have you guys noticed that that whenever something in your life is going good and whenever you think you have a firm grasp something just steps in and tries to steer you away from it right that will always happen but that's when we have to realize what path we're going to take And when this happens, envy steps in and it tells us that the life that God has given us is not good enough. That we need a new set of technology. We need to be worry-free and we need a different life with different perks. Have you guys ever felt that? You just need to be worry-free. You need change. You need something different. So you want something else that other people have. And this is an excerpt from the book, what I just said. And as I was reading that, it said, I need to be worry-free. God, the life you've given me is not good enough. Make me worry-free. But in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety onto him, for he cares to you. He is literally telling you, be worry-free. You don't have to worry. I'm going to take care of it, right? We spend so much of our day worrying. That's, I'm a huge worrier. I worry about everything. I worry about stupid things. I worry about serious things. I just worry, worry, worry. And it drives you crazy, right? Sometimes you lose sleep over worrying. You get gray hair over worrying. Have you guys ever had gray hair? I don't think that happens yet in eighth grade. Don't worry, it happens in high school. It happens in college. You just worry about all this stuff. And God is saying, don't. He's saying your life is good enough. You don't need to envy. You don't need to worry. And I know that that might be the easy question is to just stop, right? To just stop being envious and stop being prideful and stop being slothy. That word is so funny. You should say it sometime. Um, but that's not how it works out, right? We can't just stop. We're like creatures of habit. We just do all this stuff intentionally or unintentionally. So it's hard for us to just stop. But we have to intentionally think about it, and we have to take a step back. We have to take time to invest in our lives with Christ. We need to understand the void in our heart that is causing these feelings, right? Because these feelings of the seven deadly sins don't just stem out of nowhere. They come from something. They come from a feeling of wanting something different. Uh, And we need to understand why that void is there. And we need to take time to mourn, which sounds weird. But mourning doesn't mean crying and sobbing. Mourning can simply mean to feel things, to think about things, to go through a process and figure out why we are where we are. Um, We need to take time to admit that we don't have all the right answers or all the possessions that we want or all the secrets that we are just dying to know, and that's okay. We need to take time to admit that sometimes we don't feel good enough, right? Sometimes that's hard to admit, and so we just cast all this anger out, or we tell other people that they're not good enough, when really it's us that's going through the problems, right? And taking time to admit that you're not good enough 
doesn't mean being jealous of someone. It means taking time to live a life with Christ, taking time to admit that we can't do it on our own. Do you guys have smartphones? Yeah, do your parents have smartphones? Yeah. yeah, so my mom recently got a smartphone, and so she's still, like, into it, like, learning how to work it and stuff. I know most of you are probably at the phase where you're like, oh, my smartphone, just put it in your pocket, whatever. My mom's like, oh, my gosh, do you see this app? Do you see what we can do here? Do you see this? Like, it's so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's really cool, Mom. Um, so every day I get anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 pictures from my mom. Um, pictures or videos or all this stuff, and it's always the dumbest stuff. Usually it has to do with cats or dogs, like doing something really funny that is not really funny. And it's gotten to the point where I just don't open them because I'm just like, another cat picture, okay. Another dog picture, okay. And sometimes she sends me these really inspirational quotes, um, which I usually probably also ignore too because it's like 10 to 15 pictures a day. That's a lot. But one time I decided, okay, I'll open it, whatever. I'll look at it. And the quote said, do you pray about it as much as you talk about it? It's like, wow. That's empowerful. Empowerful? Empower- That's a good quote. I don't know. But um, I was like, wow. Do you pray about it as much as you talk about it? If you know me, you know a couple things about me. I'm an only child, and I complain a lot. It's a horrible habit that I'm working on every day, but it's just something I do. I complain all the time, you guys. And I read that, and I was like, do you pray about it as much as you talk about it? When we want things to change in our lives, what do we usually do? We usually talk about it or talk about someone else to make us feel better, right? But if we prayed about what we want and what we need as much as we talked about it, what would happen? Today we're looking at blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who admit that they are powerless and that they need help. The people that can admit that sometimes we have the tendency to do the wrong thing. And that's okay. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He just wants us to need him because we do need him. And he wants us to realize that. And that is the whole entire purpose of mourning. And mourning doesn't mean feeling things on your own. Because if you mourn alone, that's the same thing as envying alone. You need to admit your problems to others. And you need to find someone to talk to and to pray about it with. And that's how you get through it. And when you mourn, that is where the healing happens. And that is where the self-realization happens. And that is when we find Christ. Because when we open ourselves up to feel things, that's when we feel Christ a part of our lives. When we admit that we need God, and that we trust God, and that we love God, he will take over our lives, and he will help us mourn, and he will help us not envy or feel prideful or whatever sin we are struggling with. Um, And I know some of you might not be envious at all. We're going to go through these seven deadly sins for these next couple of weeks, um, and some you're going to feel more than you feel others, some you're not going to feel at all, and that's okay. Um, but it, like Jackson said, if you do feel one and you realize that it's a little too much to handle, come to the landing on Thursdays at 6.30, because it is an incredible ministry where people are facing so many different things, where people are facing abuse and addiction and just internal problems, but it's all stemming from the same thing in your heart, right? It's all stemming from some void that you need to fix something. And that's what this whole series is for, and that's what the landing is for, to help you realize that we need to be on that path that leads to Christ. And that's what this is, and it's going to help you get there. Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, thank you for today. 
and thank you for bringing us all here safely. Um, some in, something in this message touched us, um, some maybe more than others, but help us to know that we need you and that we have you in our lives. We just need to open our arms to accept your love. Take us from this place safely and help us enjoy the rest of the week. In your name we pray. Amen.